second. It says setting up meeting for live stream. This meeting's being live streamed. Woo! Sup, everybody, dude. It's the Basics Podcast. Welcome back. Basics Podcast is back in its truest, best form. We got two boys, thousand miles away, just uh, fucking talking about the the basics man breaking it down for you in case you forgot we take complex ideas in the world in reality we break it down to the basics the fundamentals the foundation and we spoon feed it to you because we love you guys so much we turn smooth brains into wrinkled brains into crinkle wrinkle brains that's right boys oh hey did we tell rich what day we were doing this or should, did we need to do that or no? Does he already uh, know? I don't. I don't know. Maybe I. I don't know. He texted me, and I, I forgot to text him back. Sorry, Rich. I, I forgot yeah, too. Been, My bad, was, Rich. Sorry, Rich. I've been working like crazy, OT every day, and then I come home and make bats and work out. I'm in in grind mode, and I've just I've been slacking on like texting people back and calling. So- people back it's so not just many, him dude I've, I've got people that like i wanted to order bats for me and like i like missed their call or whatever and then i end up talking to them like late i get back i get back to them but it's not like i want to be able to pick up and text back right away but i got my hands full that's like, right we literally got like full. stuff's going on with my hands and you know <laughs> like, literally. I, like i'm working I'm, i got like tools and shit in my hand you know what i mean respect brother respect on it put the respect on the name speaking of the weber bat uh company how many bats you made in the last well i got a couple questions one how many followers you got on the weber bat account two how many clientele offers do you have three is this going to be a fortune 500 company answer to that is already yes you don't need to answer that one uh question number four is um you know how many do you have? Do you have any pre-made or do you make these custom per order? I don't remember all that you said right there. You riddled them off too fast, but um, let Let's me, let me try to followers. How many followers I, you got? How many Weber? followers do I got? I got right now on the Weber Woodbats Instagram account. I got 56 followers. No fucking way. 56. So on a business account. Um, I don't really know what it's signed up for. I guess it's a business account. I don't know. It's just an Instagram account, you know? Yeah, but it's a it's an Instagram account about your business, and that's an incredible amount of followers for, like, a startup. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's a lot of followers. So some of that is, like, my friends and teammates I've played with in the past, and, and people that are just my friends that haven't – that don't even play baseball, some of them. But I did post one reel – um, and I got, I think I got some people from the real cause Instagram and TikTok are good about pushing the reels, uh, and making those go, uh, viral. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't go viral, like millions of hits, but you know, it, it, with the hashtags I put on it, like 
I put baseball, I put prospect. It's uh, reaching its target like audience. That. They're good at, at disseminating it to the target audience. Yeah. And then I also go on, I also follow some baseball accounts. Like, you know, there's like highlights accounts, you know, for sports, you see that stuff like Bleacher Report and um, House of Highlights. Oh, you know, yeah. And then there's like baseball. Lad, Lad Bible. And I, w- I go on no- those and I comment. And like, I'll be like, oh, if the guy didn't hit a home run, I'll be like, yo, oh, that would have been a home run if he hit, hit with a <laughs> hashtag Weber Wood Bat. Wait, are you doing that from the Weber Wood Bat Instagram account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go on yo! these. I go on yo! these. Marketing tactics 101. Take the class from Jordan Weber himself, bro. This guy is giving out free game. Free game to the masses. That is uh, an incredible tactic. And there's uh there's some dudes that I follow that are coaches. Right? So they they have their own like maybe like facility or they train people and but they're like social media coaches, you know, they are content creators for baseball and like getting better at your swing and defense and working out and all that. And so they're really active on responding to people. So, and they do a lot of stuff with prospects. And so I'll go on there when there's like, they make a new post and maybe it's about a prospect and it's showing off them hitting or BP or something. And, I, and then, or like a critique and I'll be like, yeah, it would he would have hit it further if it was a Weber Wood bat or <laughs> or like his swing would have been better if he was swinging a Weber Wood bat. And sometimes they respond and um so you know you see that engagement uh when you can engage with people and like get them talking to you it's more uh they see you and there's more chance of them following you back. And so I'll comment on like um just random people too. There's a lot of like young athletes, like high school kids and college kids that follow all these accounts and they're in the comments. They'll like comment something on the, um, on the video or whatever. And then I'm not commenting on the video. I go and comment on their comment, you know, oh, nice. it, personal it, engagement. Yeah, you're like, tar- yeah, you're targeting someone personally. And then when they see that personal interaction and then they it see makes like you a, real that account, it, it, ma- it, it makes you real and what you're selling real to them. Yeah. And people just like it when their shit's responded to, it makes them feel good. You know, it's like when they get all the likes, even better is when someone comments on it. So, so this is, I think, like I said, I think this is free game right now. You're giving someone free game, like as a, uh, you know, I would say relatively uh, accomplished social media entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you've got a couple different ventures, you know, and, and someone that's 18, 19, 17, look, <laughs> looking to get into the, uh, you know, marketing space. Uh, it, I'm, to, it, I'm not supposed to do that inside. Oh, no proof. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> um, you know, I think the advice is I'm supposed to do that out the window. Damn it. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Now you hotbox, bro. Now you're going to get high forever. You're going to be fucking litty, McGiddy. Was that a spliff or was that a bowl? No, nah, dude. I, I don't think I have any more of your spliffs, dude. I smoked the other one the other day. And I was, I was, I was so sad. I'm like, dude, I need Justin to come roll me some. I was telling everyone at work, 
like the guy who I who uh, grew the weed that I gave to you when you were here. Um, I was talking to that guy and I was like, dude, my my buddy rolled a bunch of splits with your weed. It's the best splits ever. Dude, they're like perfect every single time. Just <laughs> on point, you know, like better than what I could do it with a fucking roller, you know? Let's go. Like seriously, my shit that comes out of a roller is not even close <laughs> as good as what you do by your hands. And I was hyping him. I was hyping up your splits. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm so sad. I don't have any more. Hey, it's all right. It's all good, bro. You can learn yourself. It's the rule of 10,000. You just got to do it 10,000 times and then you'll, you'll get it perfect. You know, it's like the last spliff that I smoked of yours. I smoked it on the way to the gym and I got to the gym and the aerobic room was uh, open. There's no classes going. And so the whole thing, bam, by myself, just one big Laker city. I just like it lit. And then I all the way down. Dude, I'm an athlete. One go? Bro. You fucking I'm one an athlete. split, bro? How the fuck? How the fuck? And then, so I go in there, and I wanted to jump rope. I felt like doing some cardio and trying to get – so I, I jump rope there, and I put on my phone – there was – Eminem just had a concert, right, in, or a tour, and he finished the tour. The last concert of the tour was in Detroit, his hometown. And so he had a big ass concert with uh, D12 um, and a bunch of other people. I don't know all the names, but it was a sick concert. It's, and it's on YouTube. And so was I was listening. I smoked. What? Was Yellow Wolf there? No, Ye- Yellow Wolf wasn't in it. Okay. Like OG guys from like Eminem's time with D12. Got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, no one likes new. It's all like old school names. Well, y- Yellow Wolf was signed by Eminem for a little bit. That that's why I was wondering. But that's no, that's fire, dude. He had like a fucking coming home fucking celebration. And yeah, and because uh, it was in Detroit, it was super hype. It was. It's. I highly recommend like just like listening to it. And so I was jump roping to like the beat of Eminem songs and it was dope. It was a great workout. Hell yeah, man. Hey, that happens. Anytime you hit a spliff all in one go, you're going to have a good time at the gym, man. You, but you have to hit it all at once. You know what I mean? You got it. You got to be able to down it. Like right now, I'm not even high at all because I didn't hit it all at once. You know, you got to do it like you did and just like uh, Looney Tunes it, you know, you do the Looney Tunes hit and you just, Boom, you're done. I'm just I'm just kidding. I can't do the Looney Tunes hit. <laughs> but I was saying um, big ones. But yeah, no, that's fire. That's uh that it's good to to know that you're able to, you know, experience the spliff in a non-prejudicial way, you know, being able to because some people would think that that's like there those are conflicting ideas like smoking a spliff before you go to the gym. It's like no, 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 no. No, that's exactly what you need to do. That's exactly what you need to do. Go, I go to the gym to have fun. That's, that's right. Pretty, the gym is like a playground, you know. Of the, course. That, and I'm trying to go, like, smoke this weed and go play on the playground. You know what I mean? And get creative on the playground, bro. You can't, you know, bring that creativity to the playground. And But it's just like a lot of gym heads wouldn't think that, you know. Let me grab this real quick. I'll be right back. I need I need to grab this. Grab it. 
As long as it's consensual, grab it. Okay, this was something that I was uh, uh, slacking on. I got it on my to-do list. Oh, it got erased, but it was do rice bucket. So I got my bucket. Oh, the punching? You're punching it? Um, well, I'm not going to punch it right now on the podcast, but you put your hands in there and like you need your hands and you do certain things like that. And For resistance. Here. Yeah, it's good. It's a great forearm grip wrist exercise. And it's good for throwing and baseball. All the Asians do it. <laughs> uh, didn't the don't monks punch bags of rice constantly? Probably. Or like the Shaolin. Whatever. Anyway. Let's get back uh, to the bats. How yeah. many orders do you have? Uh I want to. I don't want to talk about uh, numbers. Oh, okay. On the so podcast. do you do you have a sustainable number of orders where you could potentially, in your off time, fill all of your off time with making bats? If you want, if if you had the ability to do that. Uh, I mean, it depends for how long. Yeah, but, like how long does a bat take usually? Well, well, I mean, well, right now I'm spending all my off time making bats. It's. Well, but so a, a bat a bat could be an investment in, in time of a couple days based on just the process of the bat building. So okay, I'm working on two bats right now. And let's say don't, I work don't on give them. us the secret sauce. Don't give us the secret sauce, but I do I, I do want to know like I'm trying to I'm trying to explain like the quality of these bats. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's an assembly line bat. This is a custom oh, craft. Everyone's bat. everyone's unique and got its own flavor. It's got its own life. Uh, no bat is the same. Like no human is the same. Everyone's a unique individual. That's what these bats are. Perfect. That's that's fantastic. That's wonderful. It's not like a a bat that you go and buy at the sporting goods store that. At every model, like you get an A10 model or AP5, they're all the same, like exactly the same. You know what I mean? These ones are like cut by hand and not a machine. And when I cut them by hand, if anyone was wondering why there's so much pop in a Weber wood bat, <laughs> there's so much pop in them because it's proprietary. Because it's the Krabby Patty <laughs> secret formula. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I mean, I can't leave, like, because they take a long time to make, I don't make them quickly, and so it's not like something I I can turn into a full-time job or anything like that. Right. Craftsmanship does not lend itself to getting paid. Uh, It's a... It's a, an endeavor in, in love, in passion, in, um, in, in exploration, in scientific quandary, you know, to be like, how can I manipulate this item 
personally or like how can i manipulate this item so thoroughly that it does exactly what is intended by myself at the outset of this like this this uh, venture you know so like when you start out to make a bat it's like each time you set the intent right like you set an intention like what you're gonna do and then it's like during that process of you know uh like i said like exploration like how am i gonna do this how am i gonna do that like i'm sure you're learning each time and it's, it's also just so customized to that person that you're uh you know the the uh the amount of of thought that goes into the object has to be considered as well you know not just the time because time is one thing but you can do a lot of things that take a long time that don't take much thought you know so you got to consider the time you got to consider the intention the thought that goes into these things and you got to consider the attention to detail and and the customizability of of the the bat the object which is you know hard to find yeah what i focus most on is making a bat that swings well uh you know because depending on how you cut the bat and where the weighting is it could lend itself to having a funny type of funny sort of swing like if the if there's too much weight at the end of the bat versus like having it in the middle or having like big you you get and guys do this they they put like big knobs under their hands and helps with the mass of the bat. So it has more pop force equals mass times acceleration. So if you have more, a heavier bat, then you can hit the ball farther. And so I, yeah, making, making a bat that swings well is the most important. Cause I want these bats to be used. You know, I don't right. want them to just like, I don't want to make a bat and then just have it sit on the wall or look nice or just sit there like that's cool i mean if you want to do that it's yours I'll, I'll make it for you like i'll make i'll do my best but you know i'd like to see my creation be used in games <laughs> yeah. i want to see my bats hit home runs i think that would be yes, so sick sir. my and bat has what... yet to hit home run i've hit a lot of good hits with um my so i've been using an uh 35 ounce like 30 around 33 inches. I think it's like maybe like a 32 and three quarters. I got to remeasure it. It's an ash bat, 35 ounce. And I've hit like, I've hit like eight triples with it. I've hit lots of triples. I'm a triples guy. Like I, I have good power to like hit it in the gap and I'm really fast. So I can get the third when most people will get the second, but lately I've only been hitting like one run, one home run a season. I'm not been get I don't have the pop to get over the fence and or but I don't I hit one last I hit one last year but not this th with this bat it was with a different bat so I've yet to hit with one of my handmade bats and hit a home run I think that would be sick that would be dope so, so this uh bat style maybe that you are occupying you could apply this to the more athletic stronger kind of uh baseball player you know not not the baseball player that's you know 300 pounds and can hit a homer with any bat you know this is going to be uh uh more is it is it more tailored to a certain type or can you can you make bats that you don't personally use too 
do you, do you have experience making those types of bets? Is that a, a, a something you're even interested in if you're not going to personally use it? Or are you catering to a specific type of player in your bat making? Uh, I guess I could say I try and make a bat that swings well for who I'm making it for. So, so like, you can you can tone that up or down depending on the the the, the person. Yeah. So it doesn't have, so you're not, it doesn't have to fit into a mold. You can make it, you can make it fit the whole spectrum of player. Like if I, if I know this guy's like, if I'm making a bat for a guy that's a big dude, you know, this dude, maybe he's like six, four, like 240 pounds and just stack. It, I could give him a, a big log, you know, I could carve him a bat with a big log cause he can swing it. And that, and because he can swing it, that means he's going to get even more pop, you know? But or if I'm doing making a bat for like a dude that's like five eight and like is a skinny guy contact hitter, then I can make a thinner bat. I can make thinner handles uh, for guys with smaller hands. There we go. Um, one of the reasons I like the bat that I've been using uh the the handle is pretty thick it's thicker than a normal baseball bat handle and i think that has a lot to do with how much pop it has because say you, There's, you hit the baseball not on the sweet spot it's going to vibrate a little bit and i think it handles and dampens that vibration a little bit more and causes a just a, a larger sweet spot yeah it, and just the bat it, it just feels denser like it does because it's thicker there too it doesn't when you hit the uh barrel um it doesn't flex as much so and so you you get more power transfer into the ball um whereas like if, if you have a bat that has a thinner handle when you swing it and that ball hits the bat that's a, a mass going like 90 miles an hour it's it causes your bat to flex you know it causes the wood to flex and um so there's less energy loss in the in the transfer. Potentially, the, that's that's my hypothesis. I like that. I and like so that. that. I need to sense. do some tests. What I'm doing with making all these bats is doing. I want them to be used in games, and uh, we can do testing, that, and then it can become a theory. And then I'm pretty yeah. sure that that would have to be like a. That's like that makes a lot of sense just because that ratio or that those uh phenomenon are so interconnected. Like you're saying with the sweet spot, like, so if you have less vibration, you potentially have a larger sweet spot where you can hit and not have energy loss. And also the first thing that came to my mind was with the thicker handle, you have more surface area for grip. So you have, you have a better hold on the bat. So like that slide out of the bat. And I don't know if that adds to momentum or so. I don't know if that's like a technique that people use. I don't know how tight you want to be holding the bat or if you allow for movement or not kind of like a golf swing. People have different approaches. I don't know. I don't know how it works in, in, in oh, baseball. Dude, but... base, yeah, it, it's exactly the same, dude. There's so many different people, players, coaches that have different ideas of how to swing. Like the launch angle, uh, exit velo, like so many like foot placement step. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff when it comes to hitting. A lot of different sure. ideas. So when it comes to hitting, uh, how important is a, an all uh, venison diet? 
Uh, that was a segue. If you didn't notice, that was a segue to, to let you talk about your, uh... yeah, I want to, well, I want to, I want to say, uh, I, cause I had this on my mind. Sorry. Uh, I want to talk about the grip, uh, width again, the diameter. Yeah. Of the grip. Yeah. It's a, it's a trade-off too. Like I said, how it's a personal, make the bat more personalized. If it's a big dude that has like massive bear paw hands, sometimes a thin bat's not going to be the best for him. He needs a thicker handle. So it sits better in his hand, but for a smaller person than a thinner handle could, could be beneficial where the, it's right. physically uncomfortable. If they were to hold the thicker handle that. So, so the, the hand radius, and now we're, now we're going to get a little horny because now we're going to start talking about <laughs> girth. Um, but the girth of the bat in the hand has a, I'm sure like there's some sort of a ratio that's like the prime ratio for work for strength of, yeah. of grip strength and dexterity right right so is that something that can be scientifically calculated or have people done that do you think probably i don't know dude that's well well i'm not i'm not i don't know off the top of my head about the girth of the handle but there is bat manufacturers that make an axe grip bat an axe oh, with finger finger things so imagine that bot- bottom of an axe handle how it kind of like curves out curves like that and uh. it's so on these bats th- they carve on the knob a handle like that and it actually gets like rectangular it's not just a sphere like most bats it, it's actually a rectangular grip at the bottom like a katana or something like that, or but it, wow. or axe. And there's different axe bat is a brand, but there's other manufacturers that do the same grip. And that goes back that- to um, how you were talking about swings. There's different swing theories, and one of the those is using it. If you're using an axe grip bat, it will put your body in a more ergonomic position to have an optimal swing path because how you hold it in your hands interesting and it's all kind of angular momentum right or angular velocity so i wonder if adding that like curve at the end somehow allows like a, a, a some sort of like a faster like swing somehow some some people say it's ro- rotational rotational hitting versus linear hitting uh yeah it's a everything about the swing is are you kidding are you are you saying that fucking some people in baseball still to this day disagree as to whether or not it's a force going straight like this or if it's a force going like this like the baseball bat hitting the baseball is that still not agreed upon, like the physics of it, um, or is that, or is the physics of the baseball hit is that confirmed? There's debate on like how you, you want your bat path to come in as you're hitting the baseball to maximize it's, force transfer, not j- to maximize force transfer and to maximize launch angle. So are you familiar with launch angle? Trajectory, yes. Trajectory, exactly, yeah. So within the last, like, five years or so, StatCast 
maybe longer. I'm not, I'm not sure, but pretty recently they they have this thing called stat cast and it's for every professional game. And they have batting cages where you can equip these scanners and it like reads the ball. And when the hitter hits the ball, it will show miles per hour, the exit velocity of when the ball got hit by the bat. And then it shows, yeah, the, the angle of launch off the bat. And so there's different ideas about like, do you want more launch angle? You need certain bat paths. I don't know. It, you know, it's what's the best way to hit? You well, know, there's okay. no one best because way to hit either. There, there's also the fact that a straight line is the quickest way between two points. So if you have a less of a trajectory and a higher speed, there's technically less air resistance because if you're going on a path like this, you're traveling through more air. So it slows the whole thing down. And that's like, if you ever played um, on like addictinggames.com or if you ever did any, like as a kid, like on the computer, those like launch games, you know, all those games have mm -hmm. their own physics where it's like, you're trying to figure out, should I go fast and low or should I go long and far? Like, you know, it's like, there's all these different variables to consider. So that's very interesting to know that till this day that there's still debate because it's like technically in order to hit a home run you only have to get the ball over the outfield right so so if you're going over to try to get the ball out of the fucking park the quickest way to do that would be from about five and a half feet off the ground to how high is how high is a, a standard mlb uh outfield how high is it how high is it the fence yeah yeah oh uh, there's no standard fence height but is it um so in order to get it out of the park the the ball it off of the ground from from zero feet off the ground to where the ball is what do you think the minimum amount that it would have to be to get a home run in an mlb field like are there mlb fields with fences as low as six feet or are there ones that are lower in the outfield Probably like, like eight eight feet eight feet okay oh no so no, yeah yeah there's there's some with home runs that are like waist high really like Fenway Park pesky pole comes in it's 200 like 70 feet and then the fence is like waist height and so guys will like can fall into the crowd oh into the crowd okay but into but, the crowd for a home run okay so but but that's just yeah okay so that's that's very interesting okay so and and potentially in some but then at that point if it's waist height you're putting the ball on a plane where people can catch it right yeah can i sh show you an example of this swing that that's this guy has more home runs in professional baseball than anyone his name is sadaharu o and he has 868 career home runs in the NPB, which I believe is like Nippon Professional Baseball. It's the Professional Baseball League in Japan. And he has one of the – he has one of my – the coolest swings that I've ever seen. And the way he hits the ball, he, he just hits laser beams. Okay, hold drive. on. Before we show this, can I rock one? Yeah. All right, hold on. I'm going to rock a, rock a piss. I just tried to pause the video. I just tried to pause. <laughs> that was fucked off. I'm high as shit. Producer break.
Mr. Producer. I'm gonna take a bite of pizza and take a piss. All right. Okay, can you see this? Yeah, I can see you and that. That's dope. Me and that? Yeah, I see both at, both at the same time. Okay, so this is Sadaharu O, 868 home runs. That's like 100 more than what Barry Bonds has. I can't hear it though, but that's okay. Five ten, 170 pounds. Or he's like the my height and weight. Is he practicing with a sword? Yeah, with the katana. Holy shit, that's badass. Hold on, pause the video. Pause that bitch. It's it's only 40 seconds long. I'm gonna go back. So are you saying that potentially this man figured out that there is a link between the swing of an ancient Japanese warrior? Because obviously the uh, look at this, you know, the <gasps> he's able to transfer his whole body into his swing. The samurai, I, so but is there is he mimicking techniques from the samurai like swing in the sword, or is that just separate and he's using the sword to practice? Because I think potentially, if that is the case, that he's using some sort of samurai, um swing that you know i wouldn't be surprised if the samurai had figured out the best way to swing a sword thousands of years ago you know what i mean the the, the samurai as a class of warrior has existed for thousands of years they weren't commonplace until you know more recently but they they had thousands of years to perfect swinging a sword and killing something or like transferring force which is all that this is you know so I, I wonder if there's some sort of uh, well, there, cor correlation. There's the debate once again, like you with the katana, you're hitting things at different angles, right? And it's the same thing with your swing. Um, guys, 
Because it depends on how the pitcher throws it. It depends how the pitcher throws it. And then people debate, like, do you want to hit it like a laser beam or do you want to hit it with a launch angle? See, and that's what I was saying earlier about the the closest way. So if you hit it like a laser beam, that's less that's less air that you have to go through. And it's 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 a quicker path. But yeah, who knows? Maybe the launch covers more distance. Can you see this one? Yeah. This one's game like game view. He hits a laser beam. So he does the the low and fast. Are we back or is it still share screen? I'm back to how it was before. Okay, you can see me? Yeah, full okay. screen now. Cool. Um, so, yeah, he seemed to be taking more of the approach of a, you know, a straight line is the shortest route approach, you know, rather than trying to get a big high lobber, you know. So I wonder if that has to do as well with that, that, that force transfer because that's all it is. Like you were saying, it's it's a uh, mass times acceleration equals speed, you know. Um, it's like that that is a uh, immutable fact of what we're dealing with here. So it's just it's it's like you're crafting a katana. In this analogy, you get to craft the katana. You know that man is using a katana to swing. You are creating the bat with which others swing like a katana, and so. In that process of creation, of not just art, but also of a tool, which is its own type of creation. You know, anyone can create art or what they think is art. Oh, I'm just going to color this. Creating a tool is entirely different. And so that pursuit of, you know, excellence in terms of the performance of the tool is a whole nother uh it's a whole nother ball game it's, uh, there's infinite possibilities yeah yeah so i've been fueling my bat making with venison and elk that's one right pound, one pound a day for the last week and dude it's it's uh it's wild dude so it's so jam-packed wild game right so jam packed when new- where did you get it where did you get it start from the beginning um basics break it down or you can lie about it if you want um no i one of one of my or no no don't expose anybody don't give your fucking sources but like well, just i just happened, happened. To, i happen to get some wild game okay 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 that's fine <laughs> god damn and so i'm eating it and uh i make these Okay, tribal tribal fitness method cookbook right here. Yeah, yeah. This is the recipe. You get you can cook this in an oven or like a toaster oven or air fryer. You get one baking pan. You put 
ground beef or if you got like ground venison or elk in my case one pound and then you cook it or do whatever seasoning you want and then you cook it in the baking pan like so break it up so it cooks evenly and all that and then once it's cooked once it's like near the ending of cooking it's it's browned you throw in six eggs you throw in six eggs on there if you do 85% lean ground beef, that's 84 grams of protein plus five eggs, six grams of protein per egg. That's like, that's like 114 grams of protein. And you can add cheese or you can add like bacon. You can just add stuff in it. Uh, or, or then if you eat like a protein shake after that with milk, you're looking at, like over 300 grams of protein if you eat that twice a day so wait how many wait grams grams is interesting do grams and calories have a conversion it, de it depends grams of what but that's all animal protein too that's all like the best protein you want you don't want any plant protein that shit makes you fart dude you don't want plant protein. <laughs> Animal protein, and it's not all bioavailable. Your body doesn't absorb it all. If you get They're that the animal the protein. You don't have to eat the plants if the deer eats the plants for us. And they have four stomachs to do it. And then they're ruminant animals. So, dude, it's just, it's, it's the basics, dude. People just it's need to base. go back to the basics of just like eating, dude. It, so, uh, what was the question? Well, no, 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 listen, listen. That's the basics of uh, a moving lifestyle, right? Because even our ancestors that would settle down for winter or whatever, if they're going to stay in a valley for a year, they would plant some seeds. They would eat some some greens. What you're eating oh, is a pure fruit. hunter eat diet. Fruit. What, eat fruit. What you're eating, what you're eating is a pure hunter diet. That's on the move. That's an on the move diet. So, um. Because that's why we're herbivores, right? Because some of our ancestors, they would sit down in valleys and shit. I'm and not an herbivore. That's what I'm saying. Listen, let me get to my point. O omnivores. Right. Omnivores. But that's because some of our ancestors ate fucking green shit. We don't have to eat that. Because hunters, they were on the move. They were eating meat. They were eating fucking high-protein shit because that's all they were hunting and that's what they were getting. Like, you fucking lay down at night to sleep, you set a snare. You wake up in the morning, you got a rabbit. And that's going to fuel you to hunt the deer. And that deer is going to fuel you to hunt the mammoth. You know what I mean? It's like it, that that's the way that males, uh, our bodies and our, our, our digestive systems are meant to run. I would say that we're herbivores as a species because women that stayed back in the village or in the valley or in the nice place, they would snack and eat on greens and vegetables. It's like we were not eating greens and vegetables. Maybe we would get a scallion out of the ground, use it as a garnish. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, Pure meat, pure meat, like so. Protein. Do you what? What do you know about the efficiency of protein? Well, I'm not, and, and how it breaks down in the system. I'm not anti greens. I'm just saying that optimally you should be eating animals. If you I don't know of any green animals. Yeah, I'm not saying don't eat greens at all, but I'm 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 saying oh. with this this tribal fitness dish. Now I've been eating this concoction. Like if you're trying to get big and strong and have lots of nutrients in your diet and vitamins and 
because you know the only thing that you can eat to and just survive and thrive and feel good is red meat you can't eat rabbit or duck or chicken there's not enough animal fats in it and you can't just eat lettuce like if you ate just red meat you would be healthy so it's the only food nutrient dense food that you can do to survive so with I'm not anti, so I'm saying if you're going to eat, eat mostly that stuff. I'm not saying don't ever eat greens. I'm not anti-greens. Anti- but, but there's, but there's no, like, uh, there's no, I don't want to say there's no benefit, but what you're saying is that there's an insignificant benefit to eating the greens. So if like, if you're looking for pure benefit, eat the red meat. Is tribal fitness I mean, a... I, is tribal fitness a uh, the diet? Because I guess we've never really parsed this down. We've never really broken the, the tribal fitness diet down. Because the tribal fitness diet, you know, it seems like, to me, a guy that's kind of observed it from, from afar, right? Because I So, clearly it's high protein. All right? So, that's number one. And we got that out of the way. We, we, we understand that. But like, it's high. Meat. High meat. High meat. Because meat has animal fats, and animal fats are good for you. Right, animal fats. Processed so that- fats are not good for you. Seed oil is not good for you. Ugh. That stuff's not good for you. But like nat- nat- when you eat meat, you're eat- it's unprocessed. You're literally like cut it off your food source, and you eat it unprocessed, right? You cook it, but like these seed these seed oils that we're using on our foods are processed in plants that were, and they were first made for lubricants for machinery lubricants. And then they made it into our diet and they're made in giant industrial plants. And it's weird as fuck. And if, when you eat that shit and drink it, it fucks up your health. For sure. Yeah. I don't know any civilization that has naturally discovered a seed oil. I mean, well, I take that back because um, obviously there's animal oil. You know, there's like whale fat, blubber, all that stuff. People survive on that. Like Inuit uh, tribes, they just save whale blubber. They just eat the blubber and that sustains them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's proof of concept for the for what you're saying there is that like that is the purest form of energy. And it's like the most I don't know I if mean, it's like the most I eat fruit. Med- I like I eat a lot of fruit. I like fruit. Cause I would say it's got it. I would think personally that, that like, so how many grams of protein is that? If you eat that twice a day, if you, if you, if you eat it, like I make it twice a day, it would be 260 grams of protein. It would be 130 grams of protein for each dish. Every time I'd eat it twice a day. I mean, that's if I that's a lot. That would be ideal to eat that twice a day. It is hard. It's a lot of food. So, you know, I don't always eat it twice a day. I don't always hit those numbers, you know, but I'm also not where I want to be. I want to be bigger and stronger and faster. You know, so I'm not where because I guess I'm not eating it twice and I'm not eating it enough. <laughs> I should be though. It's hard though. It's lots of food. 
So would travel fitness consist of 75% animal product, 10% fruit product, and 5% vegetable product? That number, those numbers don't add up. Hold on, hold on. I missed 10% somewhere. Um, Yes, I think... Like 65% animal, like red meat, like steak. Ground beef, ground beef, ground beef and eggs. Eggs? And, and then, yeah, eggs, yeah, eggs. So eggs, so you're putting eggs in there with the meat. Yeah. Okay. Eggs, meat, cheese. Cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, now I'm yeah. down, bro. <laughs> I'll eat animal this, products, I'll eat dude. Animal based. What? I'll eat this fucking meal four times oh, a day. Bro, it's delicious. That's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> dude. That's the whole point I'm trying to make, dude. It's fucking delicious. It's there's a reason why I make it is because it's so good. And it's relatively inexpensive. Because you just you're getting like ground beef and eggs. You know, if, if you're spending your money on a lot of for me, I, I, f- I feel like it's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, the price of eggs went back down, baby. Let's I go. Got, I'll make a video about it. I'll make a video about it. And I'll post it, and it'll like show people how to make it. So That's fire. So, but anyway, so 65% me. Oh, and then fruits would be like. 40% and then well I don't I don't know well, I'll, I'll tell you what I do personally I you know um it, I'm like 65% animal and then or lately more a little bit probably a little bit more than that but then but I've had like two bananas a day um but that's all I've eaten today so far dude I have right now I have about uh, 13 bananas I've got a whole head of organic uh, celery. What, what are your thoughts on celery? Does that, I heard it's like nutrient doesn't even exist. Like when you eat it. I heard it does nothing. Yeah. Um, I, heard, I heard that there's nothing that your might, body can actually take from celery. So it's just like pure fiber. It's just like, you, right, you that's why you got you to eat it with peanut butter. Right. Oh, okay. That's, that's what people do. They eat celery with peanut butter. But then at the same time, you got to watch out what type of peanut butter you're eating. Because if you're eating peanut butter with like the peanut butter that doesn't separate, you know, like Jif and Skippy, how it's oh, it's the same all the time. It's because they mix it with vegetable oils and that stuff can be bad for you. But okay. celery, like I don't I don't when I eat celery and I eat greens like that. And it passes through me and it's undigested because my body doesn't <laughs> use it. And my poops come out weird and they're like splattering all over the place because I mean, a bunch of celery. See, is, is that really, is my, does my body feel good when that's happening? And I don't, I don't know. My body feels good when I eat meat and my poops are consistent. And you know what I mean? So I do know what you mean. 
Um, but for me, like when I eat like celery and I get like high fiber in my diet, it's like, I, that is a, a cleanse. You know what I'm saying? That's like the cleanse that I get. Like I, so the only thing that I do personally, the only medication I take marijuana <laughs> and now I take fiber. I have a little fiber that I put in my, I, I drink a glass of water every morning and I put fiber in it. Oh. And I literally just mix it in and I shit fantastic now. Is it like, an, is it like a solid shit or is it like an explosive? No, it's a like solid wet, shit. Is it, a wet, like, is, it, is it a wet shit or like a dry shit? No, it's a dry shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious because what I do, what I've been doing when I drink that glass of water in the morning I don't do fiber, but I do salt. I, I put for some... me for me just because I'm I'm overweight, so it's like I'm doing fiber to like. First of all, up until recently, I dude I haven't taken a single tums in the last like. Like this is the first time I've drank, and I'm probably gonna have to take some tums because I'm drinking. What is? But I, I haven't drank a lot. Like a long time, yeah. A lot of tums, a lot of calcium, right? And so fiber is good at taking calcium out of the, the track because, you know, like, but like my nails, bro, my nails are so hard. I have to use fucking uh, wire cutters to cut my nails. No. What, there's, what's that there's, from? That's from all the calcium? Yes. <laughs> and I've, and um, it's like there is, there is no fucking uh, other like substance that helps uh alleviate calcium like density in the body other than fiber so it's like i've been taking some fiber um so like what I said, is tums is calcium bicarbonate it's fucking pure calcium it's a fucking brick of yeah, calcium think, that you're eating i think it's calcium bicarbonate uh, it is a wonder that i have not had fucking kidney stones or fucking some sort of thing like why would you take tums because of heartburn when would you have heartburn when i drink Oh, okay. Or like when I eat like uh tomato shit, like tomato or like whatever. Oh I, I don't I don't I've had heartburn like one time and so I don't know. It's I that's why I'm just I'm just curious. Yeah, so I I, I started so it's not heartburn, it's um I got prescribed. Hey, this is a free medication, bro. Shouts out to uh uh fucking Montana medical whatever i'm on it was this was free planes drugs um for uh acid reflex disease so i got acid reflex disease or whatever from drinking too much probably i mean not not really but like so i i I mean i haven't been drinking i've been taking this stuff i haven't had heartburn once so it's like you know you drink soda sometimes oh Okay. Not really, no. Just yeah, just on occasion. I mean, I, it's not the soda; it's more the fucking you know well, the beer. Why? I'm just curious why you have acid reflux. Is it part of your? Is it from diet? Well, my grandpa has acid reflux, and my dad has acid reflux too. So it could so, be a genetic thing. Yeah, my grandpa on my mom's side, my dad, obviously on my dad's side. Um, has acid reflex so i have it from both sides i have acid reflex um okay 
and I've been drinking, you know, so it's like, when, but with the medication, dude, it stops. It's, it's the sphincter, dude. You got it's the butthole at your esophagus, your esophagus butthole. Okay, and, so you got to strengthen those muscles. You got to do some esophagus <laughs> kegels. So I'm like, mm, I wonder if Tibetan throat singing would do it. Oh, oh. <laughs> Something like Bro, that. Dude, before I go in the gym, I'd be sitting in the car doing all sorts of weird breathing exercises. I've been so, working. Actually, part of my workout, yeah, I haven't been. I've been doing a lot of athletic type workouts. Tribal fitness segment. Uh been no. doing uh i've been i don't sit there and do like bro splits like hit bench curl um just like stare at my i don't do shit where i just stare at myself in the mirror you know like that i mean i'll curl i'll bench but it, like 90 percent of the time i'm doing these athletic movements doing stuff with tires and medicine balls and rotational anyway uh i forgot what i was talking about I mean, dude, bodybuilders can't wipe their ass. So it's like, if you're in the gym, why, why not try to be the, an athletic form? The diaphragm breathing. So in the breathing techniques, I've been work as part of my workout. Like I, I do breathing, um, different types of breathing and creating a vacuum in my lungs, right? Where it creates a pressure difference. So you could suck in air or blow air out and, um, so I've been really working on like actual, just like the movement of my chest and my torso and just my lungs. And, and dude, listen, 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 listen. Belly so, breathing. I've been working on that a lot. And I, I really feel like my output has increased. So cardio. So I personally grew up and, you know, only in my latter years, once I stopped being so active, did I, you know, put on the weight or the pounds, pack the pounds on. But the uh, cardio is a, it, it, it's an interesting thing because, you know, you got to find the balance, right? If you're going to cho choose to be like a tribal fitness, you know, you got to find the balance between the cardio. And for me, I grew up doing cardio. So it's like, that was, I never lifted weights never ever lifted weights but i had the build of a fucking whatever uh basque sheep herder uh with the broad shoulders you know and i like my grandpa bench pressed 300 pounds uh the first time he ever tried to bench press anything <laughs> um and he's like i've never worked out he worked in the lumber mill and um and then someone was like hey fucking try to do this and he set the fucking gym record like natty back in fucking the 60s you know what i mean so and Bro, uh everyone men's testosterone is going down that's a there's a lot of studies on that man most motherfuckers haven't had sex in the last year that's what i read and i'm like thank god i'm not that statistic i'm not i'm fucking we're good but the uh uh the cardio portion of being like you know in peak physical condition is subjective it's like how much do you want to prioritize cardio because it becomes like there's a point of diminishing returns where you can only be so big and move such a heavy thing and be able to move at this speed and do this sort of thing 
it's all it's all physics it's all physics yeah. so it's like you know that's what i strive for that's tribal fitness you know I'm is that middle ground that I'm that trying to be not a, the middle ground but the peak it uh, in, in my opinion that's like that's peak athleticism that's peak human like every person just strive to be that combination of both yes sir you, you don't and be able to do yeah you find that middle ground you're able to do it all so and, and why would and, you want your body any other way you know well that's 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 right and that's what's beautiful about it is that it is dependent on one's own body type right because everyone's body type either you're going to be meant to like well there's a spectrum there's always the spectrum so it's like you're going to be on the end where it's like lifting heavy things staying in place or being able to just run for uh 300 miles uh in a row you know what i mean right so so somewhere in the middle of that being able to lift the heaviest thing and run the farthest is where people exist and that's going to depend on your body type it's going to depend on um your athletic goals like if you're playing whatever sport you're going for or whatever you're training for your life if i'm training for chopping wood if i'm training for like you know moving uh uh, boulders and stacking stones you know what i mean it's like there's going to be different things that your goals are and dude for me right now dude i'm big i'm big on like i think i'm gonna build a stone house uh stone home a stone gonna home be, yes that's gonna be out tight of, out of rock yeah that's gonna be sick dude i i like homes that are made out of stone and concrete and stuff like that like i don't like wood homes dude concrete is is cool and uh, i'll probably use concrete or mortar or maybe something but i'm yeah, talking about like, like trying earth to home Egyptian... you're, yeah you're talking like real like Go stone mason yourself. Yeah, yeah. The uh, ancient masonry. Anunnaki building techniques, dude. Bro, come to Montana. Help me build a stone pyramid on my land. Come on. Let's okay. do it. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'll, yes. All right. Um, but no, that is what I'm like planning on doing is like trying to get like a stone structure erected here that is maybe not the primary dwelling but it will be the lasting dwelling. It will be the one that lasts the longest and it will be just always there. Eternal. Uh-huh. You know, build something eternal or as close to that as humanly possible. You know, dude, the stone age is my favorite age. That's when we're peak stone technology and what are I all of time. the ancient structures, all of the ancient sites made of? Stone. Stone. Fucking stone. So why am I trying to build a place out of two by fours and two by sixes? It's going to be gone in a hundred years guaranteed. Why would I do that? Or not a hundred years guaranteed because, dude, there are homes for sale in planes for fucking three hundred thousand dollars that are 1920s build 1910 build and they're still standing they're, or they're, oh they're great yeah they're fine so what it uh why why are they so expensive just because it's a place in town or, or is that cheap like do you that's cheap that's the cheapest you can get yeah do you think it's worth that much in today's day and age with 
in the in town yes like even the land in town would be worth that but the structure on top of it does play a role and they're all those ones that are affordable because i got i've been approved for a three hundred thousand dollar loan so i could i could i could get a place in town that's fucking a hundred years old and it's like dude or do, you want a, do you want that or do you want a stone building? Oh, no, no. This is separate. I'm doing so the stone building is here. I wouldn't have to sell this place to like get a place in town. I'm just talking about getting like a mortgage and shit because I have no debt. So it's like I could get a mortgage and like buy a place in town. And but yeah, the stone, the stone home. And, but yeah, just as like just as an example, it's like those places are built different, bro. Those are fucking like motherfucking milled timber with perfect joints and fucking slope of the roof meant to live in the snow like fucking and then as long as people kept up with the roof then everything's fine you know what i mean as long as the roof was okay then everything inside is also okay and you got fucking two by six beams so this is a two by like an actual two by six is what's above me today. A two by six back in the day was fucking an actual two by six. They're bigger. Two, two inches by six inches. This is an inch and a quarter by fucking like four and a half, like five inches or five and a half yeah, inches. They're it's not a two us, by bro. six. They're but that, that's what us. they call a two by six. So the, the houses in town that are hundred years old are actual two by six construction. So they're like two inch by six inch motherfucking piers every everything in the the wall is a fucking pier it's like load-bearing quality and as long as the roof was maintained then they were untouched by water no rot some of them some of them aren't some of them have like foundation issues and that's the other thing is the foundation uh, on a lot of these places but so i would have to obviously look into all that stuff but if I'm going to build a stone structure out here, dude, I mean, I would see, I don't know how I would do the foundation. That's the question. Like a stone structure will last, but the foundation, you know, it always settles at different rates based on whatever. The, we got uh, to build, we got to dig until we hit the bedrock and then, and then we'll build up from there. Wow, I like that. That's fire, bro. That's fire. But yeah, you got to get out here first. And th that's what the trailers, that's what the mobile home is there for. You in Brooklyn come take a break whenever your lease is up or whenever you guys like don't want to be in that house anymore. Come get a job at Quinn's. We got four tens up at the front desk. I'll get you a front desk job. Uh, you'll be working four tens, three days off. Dude, it's about to be summer up here, dog. It's fucking March already, which is nuts. And I only went through one quart of wood. And it's about to be fucking primetime fishing. Um, I got my boat. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Have you got ice fishing at all? No, not, a, not yet. Is the uh, river frozen by you? It comes and goes. 
But it's not like completely frozen over to where you get ice fish. It is in certain areas, yeah. That's cool. Can you yeah. ice fish a river? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. In, the in, water is still flowing underneath a little bit. Yeah, but but the ice mostly forms on the the the, the cutbacks in the the little uh, you know the bays of the river, you know, or the horseshoe the horseshoe bends, you know, it'll it'll mm-hmm. kind of freeze up on the bend side of the thing and um that's oftentimes where the fish are anyway um but no this these first couple winters it was survival mode it was figuring out how to survive a winter and having a season because i've never had a season in my fucking life um so yeah learning the winter surviving the winter but now next winter i'm hoping to have a snow snowmobile uh by next winter I'm going to get my ice auger. I have an ice auger attachment that I can uh, uh, get for the DeWalt drill. They have ice auger attachments for the drill. It's fucking fire for ice fishing. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think next winter it's going to be more thriving. You know? You got the 410s too. I got the 410s, baby. It's fucking game over. The I. I I have the camper shell. I bought the camper shell. Did I tell you that? No. So I bought the camper shell for for the truck. Yes. And tomorrow I went, uh, bought all the materials today. I'm going to build a little sleeper in there. Hell yeah. So next weekend, I'm going to take my shit out to Flathead Lake. I'm going to fish all week, all weekend, bro. All three days. I'm going to Flathead Lake and just driving around the whole lake. Spending three days driving around the lake and sleeping in the bed. And that's on Thursday. I'll be coming to you live from the fucking. What's the temperature like out there? Uh, it's like 40, 30, 40. At uh, night? 20s at night, yeah. Well, that's not too bad. 20s at night, uh, 40s in the day. It's, but you just throw a couple layers on, bro. You're killing it. We just had another storm come through and it snowed over eight feet in like a week in Tahoe. God damn. It's stop. So dude, it's the going? most it's the most rain here and like I've ever seen. <laughs> I I oh oh Yosemite, they closed down Yosemite because Yosemite got record snowfall, like more than they've ever recorded snowfall and it couldn't even keep up with it for the whole for the whole year it broke the record smashed it it's like over a foot ahead of the old record now and they had to close it yeah jesus mr producer break real quick let's do it all right all right i'll be right back i'm gonna play some baseball swings Yes, sir.
足っていうのは左足ですね後ろの軸足に全体重を1回乗せてでまあまあちょっとこう左肩を締めてですねこういう感じですよね、うんうん、で,でこの体重を前に持っていくんですよねで持っていく時にこ,こっちの力があるからまあヒッチもちょ,ちょっとヒッチされてるんですけど、はいヒッチは下がるってことですか下がって上がるってこういう手の動作をヒッチって言うんですけどね初めて聞止めてて打つよりもヒッチした方がボールって飛ぶんですよなんでかっていうとまあ釘があって金槌があるとしたらこうやって反動ポンってやった方が力強いでしょ、うん、それと一緒でここでも反動で打つって方がやっぱりヘッドを走るんですよねでその一本足に体重乗せてそこでこう反動つけて前に行くからこのやっぱ速いんですよねでそれをまた打つときにちょっと戻り気味でこう当たるんでハイフィニッシュって言って王様必ずハイフィニッシュって言ってこう横から出ていって打ったときあとはこうなるんですよね、はい、で上に行くから王さんってホームラン打った後って必ずこうなるんですよ、はい、上下させ後ろに反らせ力強くインパクトまさにホームランバッターならではのバッティングだからこの
イミングが早いのかちょっと嫌って王がバッターボックスを一旦外しました。Right down the line. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> this was the old timers all star game. These were all retired guys. Oh, let's see what he does when he hits the plate. I got him as my background now. That's money. Nice, dude. Yes, sir. Inspiration. Man Crush Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fire, dude. Ba dude, baseball, I've been. I've been a student of the game this off season, and I've been I've been watching a lot, researching a lot, experimenting. Um, Do you think it gives you a different perspective, not having to play and just being able to indulge in just the the mental part of it? No, I I I think I'm doing it more because. Of the weather here, I haven't been able to get outside and play. It's been the off season, and um, so I spend more time thinking about it and examining it, like it's being a student. So instead of just like, yeah, I don't know. I use using my imagination. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's like so. It's giving you more of a theoretical view rather than physical, you know, because you're you're not out there as much, so you can envision a little more, maybe. Yeah, a lot of a lot of visualizing. Yeah. You're stretching that part of the brain which you used to not have to use because you were just out there doing it. Yeah. Shouts out, man. I can't wait for the snow to be off the ground so I can start taking shots on goal again. The, my goal is still up there, but. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the snow is fun, but, you know, I, I, I prefer lots of, like, sunny days so I could go out and do sport. Ball is life. Bro, we need to buy a place in Baja or fucking buy a place in the Philippines. Goddamn. Do you is there any possible way that your family that we could invest in Philippine fucking land? Um possibly like, I could I could I could find like, out. Does your does your mom's uh family in the Philippines, right? Yeah. Or is there anyone there potentially that we could like buy land through? Like I would love to buy a place in the countryside, like outside of Cebu or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I'll send you videos, but like, dude, the fucking countryside of Cebu is beautiful. And all you need is a motorbike. Just get a fucking motorbike, dude. And that's it. And we're living the life. 
so if you if there's any potential family ties that would allow us to purchase land in the Philippines, I would literally I would take out a personal loan. I would take out a personal loan to buy land in the Philippines. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or, or we you. start, or we just look down in Baja, California. We need a warm weather place. We need a fair weather, a fair weather place, you know, that can like, obviously California does that a lot of the time, but dude, somewhere on the beach, somewhere in the, somewhere either like temperate rainforest or like on the beach. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what I'm dreaming of, but yeah, because you you're living through the winter right now. I'm not Filipino. Uh, the beach, right? dude. I'm dreaming of the beach. Uh, you know, you're not Filipino enough. I'm not. I wish I was. I, I don't. We can look it up. You want me? I'll look it up right now. Just, Mr. Producer, can can I buy land in the Philippines? Not as a non-Filipino. No. Definitely not. See, other countries have like, that rule. Why can't we do that rule in America? Dude. Fucking sucks, dude. It's like I would love the Philippines, dude. It's perfect all year. Foreigners, There's never a bad time. Foreigners are prohibited from owning land in the Philippines. Exactly. But, so we but need a family legally time. own a residence. So they can own condo units. Yeah, but we need a place in the countryside, dude. Talk to your family, please. Please see if there's a way that we can fucking buy land. Corporations can own land in the Philippines, provided Filipino citizens own more than 60% of the company. That's fire. Can you become a retroactive Filipino citizen? Um, or is your mom... Wait, so because Mary and your mom are like, first generation americans right they were born in the philippines that's what i mean so, oh, so I you're a first must generation have a citizenship what you must have citizenship there, there then dude please talk to her about that like um, bro, yeah, we, I'll, could, I'll ask. we could buy land for so cheap and i will get money to do that Re how to let's see. I don't I'll I'll look into it. See how to because that you like what you're talking about, like you're tired of the fucking snow and the and the cold. That doesn't happen there. It doesn't exist. It's not a thing. There's there's zero of that. You're equatorial. You're year-round fucking 80 degrees and money. It's it oh it's so it's so nice. Air conditioning is nice to have sometimes too when it gets real hot. But um. <laughs> I'll see. Um, I'll see what it takes. Uh, Dude. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm on the consulate website. Who are <laughs> eligible for dual citizenship? Natural born Filipino citizens are those who are citizens of Filipinos from birth without having to perform any act, blah, blah, blah. The following are considered natural born. 
Can you reapply? Huh? Can you apply? Yeah, that, let me read these this point real quick. A person after January 1973 whose father or mother is a Filipino citizen at the time of their birth. My mom was a Filipino citizen at the time of her birth, and I was born after January 1973. So I think I qualify for that. Wow! Let's go! For real? Yeah, and it and it it goes that I mean that's number one on there. Really? Yeah. You want me to share so your with you? Yeah. It's this part right here. Number one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> number one that's you yeah. i don't even have to read anymore <laughs> so holy shit I, I, I really think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna do it uh, i'm gonna there, there's bro, a form bro, and please. Some, uh, yeah i will I'll pay to do the it form right now associated with it i will pay for you to do it you'll pay for me to do it and then i'll buy you land in the philippines well, I'll do both. I'll pay for both. Well, that's what I mean. Like, you pay for me to do it, and then you just buy the land through me? Yes, sir. Okay. I'll fill this out later. Yeah, you don't want to give the uh, live stream your uh, your SSN. I, I don't have one of those. Good. You won't need it where we're going. Tribal fitness, dude. You're just born. You're an Earth citizen. That's right. That's right. Speaking of being a citizen of Earth, um, there was a comet. Oh, no. Sorry, I'm reading the back. <laughs> oh, is this the, the science comet. segment? Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, science segment. Okay, we got to go speaker. Oh, well, you want me in it, too. You want me for your reaction. Well, I want your reaction for the second one, but... Yeah, we'll start with this. Hold on. Let's see here. You're eating? Man, I want to eat. I only had two bananas today. I didn't have lunch, dude. I had to go over to this other building and work on this other stuff, and I didn't have any of my food. And there's like, I didn't, uh, I couldn't eat over there. I went and bought a, a bunch of apple turnovers, a box of cinnamon rolls, and a large uh, pepperoni pizza for the office. And then I took a couple pieces of the pizza. So that's not the fitness diet. What is no, it? but I went. I didn't need any of it. I just ate a couple pieces of pizza. I went to town 
you know, because I did my town trip, I had to do my laundry, I did all my shit, and I went grocery shopping, and there was a bunch of shit on discount. And then I was like, I'll just bring this to work because I don't want to eat it, you know, the apple turnovers and the cinnamon rolls. And um, and then I was like, shit, if I'm going there, driving back, might as well order a pizza from the Legion because you got to keep them in business. Um, Is it good and pizza? they ended up, what's up? Is it a good pizza? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Um, they ended up on on the pizza box. They wrote, Justin, thank you so much for your continued support of the Legion. We are so happy to have you as a patron. Please come back. We look forward to seeing you next time. They wrote that on the box. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then I took a little bit of it, dropped the rest of it off at work. Yeah. Came home. I unloaded a bunch of uh, 12 foot two by fours because I'm going to make another loft area. So I'm adding on, I'm doubling my loft. Sick. And that way I don't, I'm going to, I'm insulating my ceiling and then I'm building the loft. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm fucking doing that shit. And dude, I went to the library today. I got fucking five DVDs. So today is my day of like getting my bullshit done. Tomorrow, I'm going to do all of my fucking work that I need to do. And then the day after, I'm watching fucking movies, dog. I'm not doing a goddamn thing. The 410s. Oh, my God, bro. That sounds amazing. I got three days off, so I did everything I needed to do today. Tomorrow, I'm working. I'm going hard on the work, and I'm getting shit done. Third day, day of rest. And then I don't work until 12 on my Monday. 12, 12 to 12? 12 to 10. 12 to 10. 12 to 10, baby. That's my shift every day is 12 to 10. That's a good shift. I, I like that shift. Then you get the mornings. I like get I like having the mornings, dude. Yeah, that way I can take my dog on a hike every morning. That's what's up. And then that way, like, when I lock him in the room, he's, like, tired out, and he can, like, rest. And then I come home, give him dinner, fuck around for a little bit, and then Go to bed, wake up, do it again. And then three days off, bro. It's fucked up, bro. I'm loving it. And this is only the first day. I just worked seven days in a row. What DVDs do you get? All right. So I got Native America, PBS special. I got Gravity. I've never, I watched this one time, uh, but I Who's downloaded it? it. What's up? Who's in it? Um, This is Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Oh, wow. Uh, this is uh, so I watched it once, but I, I did it without sound. And I didn't realize because I thought when I was watching it that it was because it was in space, there was no sound. So I thought that's like they were being super ultra realistic. Uh, but my, my, my speaker was just broken. Um, so I'm going to watch this for the first time for the second time. You know what I'm saying? Independence Day two set. So I got Independence Day one and two. Whoa. I'm going to watch yeah. that shit. Let's go. Independence Day sick. The Revenant. Revenant sick. And The Truman Show. Dude, all-time great. That's one of my favorite movies. That's for free from the library, from the public library. I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. I love Jim Carrey, bro. So I'm I'm excited. That's what I, I'm gonna watch all that bitch on <laughs> on fucking Saturday. Nice. 
All right. Science segment, real quick. Unless you want me to save it for next week, which I could do. No, no, no. Do the do the science. All right. So recently. The Hayabusa 2. Have you heard anything about Hayabusa? The next generation flagship motorcycle from Suzuki? <laughs> Close. Uh, it's a spacecraft. Pretty much uh. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. Close. <laughs> All right. So. Hayabusa 2 is a spacecraft that was basically designed to it, it's Japanese it is a Japanese spacecraft um, designed to fucking smash into a comet or sorry into an asteroid okay it's like a sample return mission damn I had two shots in a beer and I am fucked off right now um all right. Let me compose myself here. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So the Hayabusa 2 sample return mission. Spacecraft collided February. Or sorry. Hold on. Wait. God fucking damn it. This is what I get for not reading the whole. What happened? Just tell us what happened. All right. So there's an asteroid. Asteroid Ryugu. Uh. It was traveling through the solar system at a close enough, you know, orbital path for us to be able to intercept it. So that's what Hayabusa 2 was uh, designed for. They picked a target, which was asteroid Ryugu. So they targeted asteroid Ryugu with Hayabusa 2. Um, and they fucking, fucking smashed right into that bitch. They fucking went bop. Uh, High-speed collision. Uh and the sample return uh, was a kind of like a little sensor that they had left in orbit or like right before they impacted that kind of, you know, the sun's behind it. You smash the rock, the projectile comes up and the sensor can read what is coming up uh, with the, you know, the sun's rays shining through it. They can see all that stuff. Um, so I got a good spectral analysis is what we call that. Um, holy shit, there was a lot of organic molecules in there. Okay. So that was the first thing. That was the first carbon. Thing they were like, what's that? Like, like car, uh, like is carbon or considered, or is, does that mean it's carbon when they say organic material? Yeah. Organic material is like, um, you know, things that are, uh, comprised of, uh, let's see here. So, like amino acids, um, uh, proteins, and enzymes. Interesting. Um, which are all comprised of hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, sulfur, and other atoms. But um, uh, tribal fitness loves protein. Tribal fitness. <laughs> tribal fitness might no! have to go send <laughs> asteroid Ryu some freedom. Ryugu. Tribal fitness is about to come with some freedom to that asteroid. Perfect. 
Perfect. So, yes. So, um, I'll just kind of give you the rundown here. So, it's it's rich in organic molecules. Um, the international team uh, identified um, the organic material from space uh, that contributed to the inventory of chemical compounds necessary for life. So, it wasn't just random organic compounds. It was like life life force carrying compounds um uh the the organic molecules uh can be created by you know reactions that aren't from life okay so just be aware of that you know um but it's a fucking great sign so uh the big one is the proteins right because those are those are the ones that can kind of encode and de-encode the dna you know um so so those are extremely important um and then enzymes which speed up and slow down reactions in the metabolic process of whatever you know system that they're a part of it doesn't have to be a a system that's living you know enzymes are just catalysts to a reaction Mm -hmm. right so, so it doesn't have to be necessarily alive, but, but there was a lot of enzymes, a lot of enzymes in there. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, those... up a, a chunk of rock that had like mycelium in it. And then it just comes raining down. So hold on. It says, uh, it contained types of organics that form the presence in, of liquid water, including alphiatic ammonite, ammy, amines, uh, carboxylic acids, polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, and nitrogen-containing heterocyclic heterocyclic compounds. So this thing was a fucking goddamn like a you know when this someone was leaves living. something the fridge, you know this what when living. someone leaves something, yeah, it's like a science experiment when someone leaves it something in the fridge for like a month, you know. And it just turns into this big fungus spore. And it's like they shot a fungus spore out into space. And that's what this thing is. So, yeah. Bro, um, and what do you expect to see if you like crash something into it and blew it up? It's, you're going to see pieces of what it was originally. Exactly. You know? And, and, and apparently it's all amino acids, enzymes, and proteins. Not all, but there's a lot of them in there. So they were able to detect those when they, when they blew it up. Um, let's see here. Uh, one of the major, um, so, you know, kind of let what I just said settle, you know, those things that are the building blocks of life existed on this asteroid, right? Crazy, right? I think they they exist everywhere. They existed despite the fact that they are being constantly irradiated by the solar wind out in space. There was no magnetic field on this asteroid, nothing protecting them. Okay. And they still showed as active living proteins, amino acids, and enzymes, um, not just as inanimate rock and carbon and uh, oxygen and nitrogen and sulfur. They showed as the complex compound, which means that they are able to survive space, which is fucked. Yeah, dude. They're able to survive space. So proteins in our body, which you think about, oh, you spend too much time in the sun. Oh, you get skin cancer. Oh, boo-hoo. That's, that's not, that's not, 
anyway what happens if you have that okay my bad my bad i didn't mean to interrupt anyway i think um, life finds a way everywhere of course it's gonna be in this outer space proof right here that's what they found that's what this is is they found that proteins amino acids and enzymes can exist in space being irradiated constantly from the solar wind from the sun from gamma rays x-rays cosmic rays all, all sorts of bombardment they can survive and exist which lends so much credence to the idea that panspermia the idea that something just comes through our solar system and drops off some shit that creates us is real so much more so much more real bro that some fucking rock just like this one came through uh, a billion years ago 1.6 billion years ago and dropped off some shit that started creating life you know what i mean well i mean that's how that's how a planet's made there's there's pieces that come from outer space but and then they gravitate and then they end up building a big planet so you know that's how the planet got started it starts with one you know what i mean it just starts it with does. one and then it's a snowballing effect and it gets bigger and bigger so that that's actually that was not the big one that wasn't the big one what we got the big science news we got the oh, real oh, big one. Oh wait like one question on that one wasn't that a sample yeah. return did you said it was a sample return they didn't actually not a sample return a sample analysis i i said sample return but i i, I didn't mean that do they have any sample ret- returns not planned? not from asteroids no from mars yes mars sample return is on the docket but no How's sample it? return asteroids that's that's going to be interesting i want to see how they're going to do that pull that one off uh yeah i don't know but they they flew the drones they've had their drone copters flying around you saw those right um yeah i've heard of them i haven't really seen much of what they've been doing though it was more of a proof of concept can we fly things around in the atmosphere and the answer is yes so because the atmosphere is so small and thin but they can fly so it, it was a proof of concept and they're actually really reliable they've done like 15 flights so that's how do they charge the solar they've land back on the rover and recharge based on the rover solar panels wow yeah bro so how long do they have in between flights like how long does it take to recharge a month or well no not a month i mean it's less than that but they they do like monthly missions sometimes it's twice a month sometimes once a month it's really never more than twice so i don't know that's what's up but um all right you ready for the big one yeah, the what's the big one? Hit me. We're talking about physics now. We're going. We're moving from just astronomy to physics to like big time reality changing shit. Like the fabric of the universe that you know as it exists now in your brain might be different after I finish telling you about this. Oh, it's it's changing all the time, dude. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Wait, potential? Should I, should I should I take a hit of DMT while you tell me this information? <laughs> no, no, because I don't want I don't want to kill you. This okay. might this might murder you. We'll hold see. On. About I got to figure out. Hold on one second. I got to take another goddamn Mr. Producer break, dude. Hold on. What's going on? 
I got a piss. Oh, okay. That's all. I want to hear I this. I want to hear this though. Okay. So, okay, I'm gonna put on a baseball swing. Okay. Shohei Otani. Ah, oh, what a swing. What a follow through. Yeah. That's one thing I've been working on a lot too is uh flexibility and being able to have greater range of motion through the whole swing. Okay, let's hear this news. All right, so the standard model, right? You can think of the standard model as like equals MC squared. That's what gets us to the moon and back, right? That's what lands spacecraft on Mars, the standard model of physics. And then you can start to think of other things like string theory, right? Like string theory tries to answer these questions, these unification questions between general relativity and quantum mechanics, okay? So those are the two big things. You got general relativity and you have quantum mechanics, right? So quantum mechanics is the science of the very, very small. General relativity is the science of the large, the very large. And they kind of come at a cross-section like this. And, and, and when they come at a cross-section like this, at the very center point of that intersection are things like singularities in a black hole. Because a black hole is so massive, it's so huge, but at the same time, it's so small. So it in our mathematical equations, it starts giving us answers like infinity, answers that make no sense, okay? So our science cannot explain it. Our science cannot explain what the singularity at the middle of a black hole is. Up until now, maybe. <laughs> so we might be talking about unification, which is the largest scientific endeavor, the largest pursuit in scientific history would be unifying quantum mechanics and general relativity. If you can come up with a unifying theory, right? So the standard model is not a unifying theory. The standard model is like what Galileo basically came up with, motherfucking Newton. All right, those motherfuckers back in the day. Standard model really hasn't changed much since then. Okay? So... That's like hundreds of years, <laughs> like hundreds and hundreds of years. Like yeah. our actual, like 
understanding of like shit has really not changed that much. Right. So that's fucking crazy. First of all, let's just take that into account. Second of all, um, now that we do understand things like quantum mechanics, we have an idea of the very small, which doesn't affect us. Right. Normally. Right. Until you start to talk about transistors and like things in the cell phone. Right. That does rely on quantum mechanical things um, like resistance and electron degeneracy and, and things, things dealing with like electricity and storage and, and that kind of shit does actually affect the phone right but that's quantum mechanics coming very rarely into our realm which is mostly general relativity uh or special general relativity um so anyway so that's kind of the groundwork for what i'm going to talk about right now okay so and i didn't i didn't really do a lot of reading on this but basically so this is this is a conclusion reached by a team of 17 researchers in nine different countries. Okay. Okay. A group. Um, led by University of Hawaii and including Imperial College London and STFC RL space physicists. Um, this work is published in two papers in the journals, the Astrophysical Journal and the Astrophysical Journal Letters. Okay, so it's got two public two publications so far. Okay, this is real. We're talking about real shit. We're talking about real shit. All right. So, so what happened? Observations of supermassive black holes at the centers of galaxies point to a likely source of dark energy. So just let's break that down. That's the missing 70% of the universe that we can't account for in the standard model. Okay. So what this research suggests is that, so, you know, most galaxies have a supermassive black hole at the center. And we've discovered that in the last 20, 30 years, right? So every galactic body, everything in the universe has a, black hole a singularity at the center of it a supermassive black hole this these observations tie they link the black holes to dark energy okay and so we have talked about it before what dark energy is um dark energy is the accelerant Right in the universe, because you think of like gravity after the Big Bang, you know, the Big Bang happens and then everything's created. But then gravity of all of the things should make the universe start to shrink again. Right. Because it's all pulling on each other. But it's not pulling each other and it's expanding. And that's what dark energy is, is why is the universe expanding? Why would it keep going? It shouldn't keep going because gravity should pull everything back in. Right. But no, it's not. And so that is what this research has linked is black holes to dark energy. So there, okay, so we got to get into this here. So gravity versus dark energy, okay? In the 1990s, this goes back, it was discovered that the expansion of the universe, it's accelerating, right? It's not just like getting bigger at this normal rate. 
right? It's not just expanding like this. It's, it's getting faster as it goes. So it's accelerating. Everything is moving away from everything else at a faster and faster rate. This is fact. This is reality. This is life. This is what's actually happening. And it's difficult to explain. Um, the pull of gravity between all these objects in space should be slowing that expansion down, right? You would think. However, it's not. Okay, so. Dark energy was proposed to account for this acceleration, right? Mm -hmm. That we're literally measuring. We can measure this. It's happening. So is that, is that the big news? Is they found out how to measure dark energy? Essentially, kind of. But let me, it's, it's a little more nuanced. Um, so, because the cosmological constant is what Einstein kind of figured out as his universal balancing equation. Um, and like that vacuum energy was what created the infinities in the singularity, like in the mathematics, you know, when you're doing the math, like what is the singularity at the center of this black hole? What does that mean? So the new result shows that black holes gain mass in a consistent way with them containing vacuum energy, which would provide a source of dark energy and removing the need for singularities to form at the center. So it's basically saying that the black holes that exist are what is creating that pressure. Okay? So it's like a black hole is like a well of space-time. Right? So it's like you're tapping into the fucking center of the universe with a black hole. And that, and it's just letting the water just spew out everyone. That's pushing everything out else away. So it's like the black holes are what is creating the dark energy. So the black holes are creating the acceleration in the universe itself. And because there's a black... Go ahead. I said interesting. Um, so the conclusion was made um, by studying 9 billion years of black hole evolution right because we can see all of these different phases that they're formed when massive stars come to the end of their life when found at the center of galaxies they're the supermassive black holes and they contain millions and billions amounts of that mass you know um so black holes can increase in size by accreting matter you know, such as swallowing stars or more, more, you know, going through a galaxy and, and doing that sort of a thing. Um, this is, this is the big one. This is the big thing is the cosmological coupling. Um, so this is the first observational evidence. And this is just to boil everything down. This is the end of it. This is it. This is, this is what it means is this is the first observational evidence. The black holes actually contain vacuum energy and that they are coupled to the expansion of the universe so increasing in mass as the universe expands 
a phenomenon called cosmological coupling. If further, if further observations confirm it, cosmological coupling will redefine our understanding of what a black hole is. That is insane. So they're finding, they found a correlation between the increase in the size of a standard black hole with the standard increase in size of the universe. We're talking sacred G, sacred geometry. We're talking, we're talking like resonance frequencies. You know, we're talking like things that are immutable from, you know, they're, they're, they're you, you can't contest them because they, they match so equally. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see if they can confirm it further. Did they come out with any mathematics? Like, you know, Einstein has his equation. Do they have yes. anything like that to dis describe this new idea they got? Yes. So this is what it says. It says, Con comparing observations of distant galaxies, um, slowed growth with much larger than predicted acceleration or mergers, the black holes today are 7 to 20 times larger than they were 9 billion years ago. Measurements of coupling strength K, so K is the variable, Measuring, measuring measurement of coupling strength K by comparing black hole masses in five different collections of ancient elliptical galaxies to the black holes in elliptical galaxies today. Measurements cluster around K equals three, implying that black holes contain vacuum energy instead of a singularity. So based on the size difference is why they're saying it contains vacuum energy instead of a singularity. And that's, I mean, that's, K that's interesting. I got it. I got it. I don't, I don't quite understand vacuum energy. I got to learn more about that. A coupling. I don't either, man. I don't fucking either. It's, it's the first time I've heard of it. So me, I mean, I've heard of vacuum energy in terms of like the accelerant, like for dark energy. It, it's it's not. I don't think it's a physical thing. I don't think there's a number with vacuum energy. I think it's like a explanation. It's like another term like dark energy. It's like for something we don't know. You know. Does this have it? Have does this have any engineering outcomes? Like implications? Help our en engineering at all? Can we build potentially with um. Yeah, I mean, with, like, knowing the fabric of reality is, uh, you know, certain ways we can start to tailor our endeavors, you know, like, what we're willing to spend money on in terms of, like, R&D and research and development and all that shit. It's like, that. this will help guide us in terms of our ideas. You know, it's not, it's not going to have any, like, on-the-ground equations yet, that are going to like impact our engineering and stuff. But like in terms of guiding lights and like letting us know what we need to do and whatnot, it will definitely help with that. But I, I can't wait for the unification. The unification, baby. That's what we're waiting on. We'll see. But yeah, that's about it. That's all I got. Bro, you're making me so jealous. 
with the pizza like eating right yeah eating right now like all I, I got food but just like a handful of dry rice dry rice no throw that bitch in the cooker no it's my it's my uh workout bucket so it's extra salty it's perfect uh okay <laughs> <laughs> it's got all your sweat in it bro i do i mean the salt with the water in the morning game changer yeah game changer because it just electrolyzes your body needs and we're salt water creatures we're, we are dude we came from the ocean we did come from the ocean we're like the same percentage of water as the earth is 70 percent is that is that what humans are that we're like 70 percent right and the surface yes the surface but also probably down to the core with like rocks and like hydrogen and oxygen and the rocks well and as, and as humans right we're 70 percent water yeah 70 percent hydrogen and oxygen yeah But we have hydrogen and oxygen and a lot of other things other than just the water. But yeah, like the blood's liquid. We got liquid shit in our muscles. We got, yeah, hell yeah. Oh yeah, baby. <clears throat> Cheers. Cheers. I don't have a drink. Dude, great, great. Uh, I don't know what to think about this science. I don't either, man. I literally, I, I don't either. Uh, cool. I want the, I want them to find an answer, but I, uh, I want them to have like, I want them to find something out that has engineering capabilities and like can change everyday life. You know, that's going to be, be more tight. dark matter. Once they find out what dark matter is, this is dark energy. This is solving dark energy which ultimately is a much larger problem because it's 70% of the universe rather than dark energy or dark matter, sorry, which is like 15%. And then like physical matter is like 5%, right? That's so cool. Interesting. Like we can, yeah, there's just the, there's so the life is just made up of a bunch of shit that we have no clue. <laughs> That's the goddamn truth if I've ever heard it. It's like the further you look out or the further you look in, the smaller you get and the bigger you get, it just like all the fuck. It all it all goes to shit in a handbag. <laughs> wow. Is that is that the fucking final word of the basics? Uh, I think so. I think it's time to grub. That's fire, bro. All right, man. Good one podcast the basics out